Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Round 2 podcast and my first episode with a guest on YouTube, so I'm very, very excited. Yay. This is my friend Allison. Say hi. Hi guys, how's it going? Um, so <laughs> this is really exciting because this is the first time we've seen each other in like four and a half years. Yeah, yeah. I think so it was what, October... 2018, yeah. yeah. So we met on a trip to India that was like a group trip. So, yes. you know, anybody could sign up, anybody could go. Um, I signed up on my own and... I mean, you did too, right? But you technically, I mean, mom... my, my mom, yeah, she was like a group leader for yeah. this like company that was running these all women's group trips. And it actually like I was on the fence about going and then they, they hadn't filled up and she kind of last minute convinced me. I mean, I think I decided like a couple weeks before. Oh, really? To go on it, so I was like scrambling to oh, get everything. Well, thank God um, you went. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, I think we both were grateful that the other one <laughs> yeah. was there. My that. experience would have been vastly different had you not been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, was... yeah. I mean, basically. Um, she was the only person that would drink wine with me <laughs> and the only person that actually wanted to just like chill and absorb like sit and watch the world go by yes and everybody else was like museum like let's wander around let's do like all these things and I'm like I just want to oh, sit the temples yeah, yeah. oh the so temples Oh, oh we were, I think, by we a, saw couple a lot days, of temples. A couple days in, we were <laughs> yeah. like, I think we'll hold off until the Taj Mahal. I think I'm good on temples. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, was, that was crazy. It was. It yeah. was an interesting trip. I was very grateful that you were there. I mean, it was a great trip with my mom. That was like an experience I hadn't really gotten to do with her, but um, she was busy with a lot of, you know, leading the yeah. group things. And so I, there would have been a lot of stretches that I was kind of twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do if I didn't have you as, yes. as someone Thank to go explore God. with. I know. I just remember that first day when we were walking around and there was, I think like three other girls with us and we had walked by that cute bar and I was yes. being like, oh my God, that bar is so cute. I want to go in there. Yes. And they're like on a mission to get somewhere. And finally I was like, do you want to just walk back yes. to that bar? And you were like, oh my God, yes. yes. And I was like, oh, thank God. It was, no, that <laughs> was like the first, and I was like, okay, and we got the glass of wine. I was like, this is going to be my trip bestie, and we're going to like want to do the more similar things, because you pointed it out, and yeah. I thought the same thing. We went on like this whole circle, and then, yeah. I literally thought like as we, when we walked by it, and I was like, oh my God, that bar's so cute. I thought everybody was going to be like, yeah, let's go in and get exactly. a drink. Exactly. You were like sussing out the group to be like, everyone's going to jump on this. Yeah, and, and nobody not, did. But not quite. Yeah, yeah. Not, not until a half an hour later, when I was like, let's go back. Yes, let's go back. perfect. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love it. But I think the best part, well, I think the two best parts of that trip were when we, again, went on like a mission to find a bar yes. and we found that one finally and we were able to watch the sunset. Yes. I remember from like that second story. Uh-huh. And I think they, yeah. we, whatever wine we ordered, it yeah. took so long that we're pretty sure that they ran to they go get it. They went somewhere else. Somewhere else. else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did not have it in stock. They I don't think not. anyone ever came there and ordered either no. that wine or wine to begin with. And Relatively dryish country. Not completely dry. Much, but relatively. But and I think mostly it's like the, the occasional travelers that drink there. Yeah. It's like a big thing for... Yeah. For the people that live there. Yeah. No, that was a gorgeous That rooftop. was gorgeous rooftop. Yeah. And it was actually like worth the wait because we got to just like soak it all in and totally. hang out rather than being rushed because we already had gotten our drinks. Yeah. No, um, that was awesome. And then sunset again at the Taj Mahal. That was yeah. like epic. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. We broke off with my mom. Yeah. From the rest of the yeah. group. <laughs> yeah. We're like later. Then, yeah. We're like, let's just post up instead of walking around the whole time and not soaking in the moment. And that was, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like a, that was... 
Uh, India wasn't a bucket list place, but Taj Mahal has always been yeah. a bucket list. Oh my gosh, to go totally. and catch it at sunset. It was just And incredible. just hearing the story about like how it was built and why it was yes. built and how it's like, you know, the same from every side and just all of the things like I, that's, Incredible. that's just amazing. And then just being there and like, I always love a good sunrise or a good sunset. Yes. So that oh, was, was like amazing. the icing on the cake for sure. Yeah. Love it. Well, I'm glad that that brought us together and it's great to see you yes. after so long. I know it's great. I mean, it's crazy because at some point on the trip I realized you lived in Sacramento and this is where I grew up. Yeah. Um, I live in San Diego now, but have um, a few family members and close best friends that live in this area still. So I think I kind of assumed our paths would cross again sooner, but then yeah. with COVID with and COVID, everything, totally. yeah, um, it just hasn't linked up. And then you started the podcast and I was listening and I was like, well, I have something to share. And it just, yeah, it, yeah. it fell into place to come be together in person again. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad that it worked out because it's just, I don't know. It's I, even when I was just doing these with audio only, it's still so much more, it's still so much more fun to always like sit and like see the person and talk totally. to and talk in person. I mean, sure. Zoom is great and it's opened up, you know, the world to yes. different ways of working and all of the things. Totally. But, it still is so nice to just be in the room with other totally. human beings. Oh, so. absolutely. I feel like even a little bit more so after COVID, just because the world went so much on oh, a screen. And so it is. It's just, it is. It's a really different experience to sit face to face with someone. And we need, we need it all we can get. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's something about just being able to like, look at somebody yeah. and like, give someone a hug. Oh, so, so true. <laughs> so true. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, what, I mean, I know a little bit about what you've had going on. Not yeah. like, you know, you've shared with me stuff, just over voice notes. So we haven't yep. really gone too deep in everything. So, totally. you know, how, wherever you want to start okay. and however yeah. you want to get going. I mean, so we met, when we met in India, I was, um, recently engaged yeah. um well probably like over a little bit over a year I had been engaged and so we were planning for a wedding in 2019 which we luckily snuck in um in Lake Tahoe yeah in 2019 before shit hit the fan with COVID um yeah. so I was like yeah I was just living newly married life and we we're kind of like getting our careers on track starting to think about a family um mm -hmm. and then uh, we had gotten a dog around COVID time as well, and um, then speaking, dogs. speaking, speaking, speaking of, dog, of dog, come here, hi Nora. Come on, you can join. <laughs> I know you. Come here. Come he here. Wants to be part of the come party. Come on, you can join. It. Come on. Come on. Come go. You're really ruining this, buddy. <laughs> but that's good. okay. You can come be part of it. I love He's, it. Um, he wants to be a part of the show. Totally. There he is. Can you say hi? Oh, can you bud. say hi? I'm you heard me talking about noise. dog, and you said, "Who me?" Making noise. Me? Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, we got. We got a dog, which definitely got us through COVID. Oh, He's amazing. Gosh, right? um, he's gotten through us, us through a lot of things. We rescued him. And I tell everyone, I'm like, I think he rescued us, mm -hmm. which is for sure a huge, oh, I huge always thing think that people that, like, say. Norm, you know, I mean, he's like my longest, most successful relationship, relationship. aside from like my parents and my brother. Absolutely. But no, um, they didn't have a choice. They can't get rid of me. They can't. Exactly. So, um, so true. <laughs> I'm oh. like, he's been with me for over 12 years now. No, so I'm like, like, yeah. Closer my, than most, my boy. Yes, closer than most people in your life, for yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, was got through COVID. We were, you know, doing really good. And then um, I found a, a lump in the shower in my yeah. breast. Um, and we were actually between health insurances. So I was oh, without geez. health insurance, which was, you know, wonderful Scary. timing. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, I kind of quickly, I don't know, just think sometimes you just 
you know when something is something you need to be concerned about. And I just mm-hmm. had this gut feeling. I was like, I need to get this checked out before. Because um, this was right around Halloween last um, 2021. Okay. Um, and our insurance was due to kick in um, January 1st. Oh, so geez. there was a stretch yeah. still. And I was like, I'm not going to wait that long. So I kind of started doing some research. I was just, you know, going to, if I needed to pay out of pocket to get the yeah. screening done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was lucky enough. I did, a, I did an initial appointment at Planned Parenthood. Oh, and the doctor referred me to a, um, uh, like a foundation called Every Woman Counts, and they do oh. free screening for breast cancer. Wow, and that's amazing. so literally, yeah, I like pretty quickly, I mean, it took a little bit longer than if you just have an established doctor to kind of mm-hmm. get the, the referrals, but it still was fairly quickly I was able to get screened. Um, oh, so started the screening for that. Um, and then right around January when our healthcare started, I got the call that it was breast cancer. Oh my gosh. Crazy. I mean, how was, what was that phone call like? Like, you know, so it's actually really interesting. The, the final part of the screening was a biopsy, which, Mm -hmm. you know, every, basically you, you know, you go in for an initial appointment where they just, the doctor feels it and then they decide like, oh, this is something to be concerned about. Then they send you to a mammogram. Okay. Um, and then the final part was to, well, a mammogram and an ultrasound. Those were both done at the same time. And then once you get told you needed a biopsy as well, it's kind of like every level you're like, this is concerning enough that they're willing to like go to this next stage. Mm -hmm. Um, so that the biopsy was a couple days before Christmas. Okay. And I knew things were kind of going to be crazy with like all the doctor's offices. So I wasn't really sure how long I was going to have to wait to get the phone call. And I actually kind of, because I was going through this foundation, I didn't have an established doctor that was like looking for the results to come in. I kind of slipped through the cracks Uh and I didn't get the phone call until it was January 7th. So I had to wait from like before Christmas all the way through Christmas, New Year's. Oh no. And the first week of January, like, why am I not getting a phone call? And I called a couple times and it's really interesting with like HIPAA laws. There's only very specific people that can give you the news. And so they're like, we're going to call the person. You're going to be getting a phone call and just like waiting and waiting. So there was honestly of this whole journey, the, the stretch of finding the lump and then finding out it was breast cancer was probably the most challenging because it's just a total unknown. No idea what's coming. Um, and like as horrible as it was to get that phone call, um, it was actually like, I don't know, I felt like I could breathe because I was like, I have the answer and now we can start now moving can forward with treatment. Yeah, mm-hmm. instead of just sitting here having no idea. So it was, I mean, it was hard. It was a shock. I was um, like a little little over a month for my 33rd birthday. So mm-hmm. it was, I mean, I felt like I was really young to be getting yeah. cancer of any type. Um, so definitely just kind of a shock to start with. And um, that next stretch too, I kind of had to, I basically had to establish... Um, meeting with my primary care physician, doctor, mm-hmm. and then they had to kind of start writing all the referrals. So it was another couple of weeks of just limbo of kind of getting all those first appointments in line where I just didn't really know. Like I knew I had breast cancer. I didn't know what type. I didn't know what stage. Oh, shit. I didn't know what the journey was going to be like until everything started, which ended up starting like late January. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, oh, that is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because kind of like we were talking like downstairs earlier where you were like, you know, I'm I'm like a planner and I'm like looking out like so type A. Yeah. I like to be in control. Yeah. Um, I've I've been working on that. And this has been a huge, huge opportunity to work on that a lot more. Um, But I am just I'm a planner. I am someone who like 
the unknown is really, really difficult. So mm-hmm. it definitely was. It was like, I think it was the big first test of like, you need to just surrender and realize that like, what will be, will be. You're going to do everything that you need to once you have the answers, but mm-hmm. the answers are not quite here yet as yeah. far as what, what the journey is going to look like. Um, so it was really interesting because we were um, establishing new healthcare. We... Um, we had never seen our primary care physician yet. Mm-hmm. And so I had called and, you know, basically asked, I'm a new patient. I need to establish, you know, I need to ha- get an appointment. It can be virtual, in person, whatever. Yeah. And they had told me the soonest was going to be April. You're like, no, and that's not going to work. I like, I, that, I think that was one of the first times that I just like on the phone started bawling. Oh, and I was like, yeah. I hadn't, and I hadn't in the initial, um, little conversation I hadn't been like I just found out I had breast I had breast cancer I was gonna try and like not have to divulge that yet sure yeah. and um and also wasn't ready to start kind of like using the cancer card which mm-hmm. I definitely have used it at certain moments in the last year but I wasn't kind of I mean, ready how, I, how can you not like totally. in some cases especially well, kids like that yeah like no no I need to be seen like today yes. so <laughs> I, I did exactly and I started bawling kind of told her and she was like oh my goodness like okay yeah. like let me make a few phone calls I'm gonna call you later today we will and then was able to get me in within that week which oh, of God. course I yeah. mean you can't imagine that with that kind of news that they're not going to be able to accommodate you sure, in a quicker sure. way but um that first just panic of like april you're like, like somebody's got to cancel an appointment yep sorry this exactly week. You know, and like, like i will be there at any time of the day <laughs> right. virtual in person whatever like just tell me where i need to be yeah. when um oh so gosh. yeah it was um but that i mean of course grateful for that and then it kind of started the whirlwind of getting officially diagnosed and mm-hmm. then kind of finding out what like the plan of attack was going to be which um yeah, was a lot. I bet, <laughs> yeah. So then what kind, like, yep. were you predispositioned to this? Is it running your family? No. So, I mean, I do have a couple older relatives past, like, post-menopause that mm-hmm. had had breast cancer. Nothing super, I mean, none of them had passed away. Nothing super scary or aggressive. I mean, I'm now learning that actually breast, especially breast cancer, I can't speak for all different types of cancer, but it's not necessarily something that most women are getting because it's in their family. It's it's other things that are Mm -hmm. causing it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but it is, I mean, I think that the BRCA gene is one huge um, component of breast cancer that there's been a lot of awareness about. And that is one that if you have a family member that has that genetic, you Mm -hmm. know, um, gene mutation, then it is a concern and it's something Mm -hmm. that you want to start screening a lot younger. Um, My actual type of breast cancer is called triple negative breast okay. cancer, which um, it te- that, that basically means it's not hormone driven. There's oh. no estrogen, progesterone, okay. um, or HER2. Uh-huh. It's not positive for any of those. Um, and so that type of breast cancer is more common in younger women. And it oh. also is often, um, it's, it's more common with women with the BRCA gene mutation. Oh, so okay. I went, once I got that diagnosis, um, they wanted me to do like a full genetic testing sure, yeah. to, to double check that I, I didn't have that. My, my oncologist, you know, of course they have to be very, they don't, they don't tell you what they think or anything, but I could tell just from where she's talking about how much she wanted me to get the, the genes checked, um, that she was probably leaning towards thinking that I had that gene mutation. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't, I, all of my, yeah, all of my genetics, I think they tested over 80, um, gene mutations that are connected to cancer, all different, not just breast cancer, all types of breast cancer. And Uh every single one came back negative, um, which 
once again, being like just very type A, it's very hard. I, I don't have an answer for why I got it. And mm. it's like, I think, you know, we always, we want a reason. We want an answer. Yeah. And oh I think gosh. that also totally. like once you're diagnosed with something like this, you want to know like, what did I do wrong that I can change moving forward or whatever. Right. Um, so to not have an answer is is hard, but it's a relief in some ways. Um, I mean, the, the BRCA gene, there's a lot of other um, like treatments that you can do that can kind of help the cancer not come back or get Mm -hmm. a different type of cancer because cervical and ovarian cancer are really common with the BRCA gene as well. So like a lot of women that have breast cancer and beat it, then are going to get one of the other ones unless they plan accordingly. So that was a relief, but, um, yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have the BRCA gene. I was diagnosed with triple negative. It was stage three B. So I was, um, there's a lot of, I mean, kind of from what I'm learning, there's a lot of different components that go into when they're staging, but yeah. with my, with the size of my tumor, which was about, um, it, it was, I want to say it was, it was quite a bit smaller when I first found it and mm-hmm. it started growing pretty rapidly. In really? the first, so once I got the official diagnosis, it was 6.7 centimeters, which is about the size of a lemon. Oh, dang. And I could feel it. Oh my on gosh. my chest. It was like once the biopsy happened and I think that kind of irritated it because oh. they basically go in and get a sample yeah, of yeah. it. Um, so it kind of started getting, I think, angry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so it started growing really fastly and like protruding from my skin. It felt like an alien inside my yeah. body is kind of what I compare oh it to. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. It's funny because when you said centimeters, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh no, I don't know how to convert. Convert. Totally. And that's where I didn't either. Exactly. I didn't either. And I was starting. So like at first I was like, okay, like golf ball. No, it's bigger than a golf ball. So it's more like a, it's almost like kind of between like a baseball and a golf ball, but like a lemon is a good comparison. So like, did you feel like one of your boobs was like doubled in size? Bigger? Yes. I mean, it was quite a bit like, yeah, a lot bigger than the other one. Quite a bit bigger. The skin was like on fire, really uncomfortable. It was really bizarre because I feel like, I mean, I'm sure some people with cancer, you're able to see the tumor yeah, but a lot yeah. of times you're not right and so it was totally. a very different experience to kind of have this like constant reminder because yeah. it was uncomfortable it oh was visible gosh. and it was like let's get going with treatment because i want this thing out, out, of, out me. of me or yeah. starting to get addressed it was just mm-hmm. it was very and it's just once you see it growing that quickly you're like how big can this thing get like right? holy, it's just it's and then you crazy. wonder like how when did it start you know what i yes. mean because it's like i mean i mean obviously we shower every single day right Absolutely. i mean i'm not doing like a full breast exam every day but i'm certainly touching, touching. them yes you know? oh so my gosh like, you wonder like when did it start growing and it, like mm-hmm. if i wouldn't have found say you wouldn't have found it till january would you have woken up one day and then all of a sudden been like oh my gosh my boobs like twice twice as big exactly yeah. no it's so true and that is um i mean there's not like a for sure answer with that either but i do think that it could have could have been growing for a really long time and then the cells just start dividing and multiplying and then it just starts at record speed growing. So, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if they were to tell me that like it had been very small for like five years, slowly Mm. growing and then Mm -hmm. became to like to a size that of course I felt it and then started to realize it was something to get looked at. Um, so did they go in and like, did they do it? Like, what is it called? Even like a not a biopsy, but like, did they go in and remove, remove it? Yeah. yeah. So the removal portion of treatment would be, it's called a mastectomy. Okay. So that's where, um, or, or, I mean, or you can get a lumpectomy depending, oh, depending okay. on yeah. your type of cancer and then the size of the tumor, um, and kind of just your whole treatment journey will depend on which one they decide to do. So with a, 
Um, I, I did not get it removed first, which is that's okay. that's so I'll start there. Basically, uh-huh. when I got diagnosed, um, I first met with a surgeon. That was my first um, specialist that I okay. met with after the primary care physician um, who I just had done a virtual. So that was my first in-person appointment. And he um, he wanted to feel it and just yeah, see how big it was. Yeah. And when, once he's looking at it, he's looking at the biopsy results of what type of breast cancer I had. He explained to me that with the size of this tumor, we actually want to start with chemotherapy and we want to try and shrink it first. Oh, okay. And that way when we go in surgery wise, we're not removing so such a huge tumor. Okay. The other part is that they want to, um, if you remove it first and then you start chemotherapy, you don't have the tumor to watch and see if the, the, oh, if the chemo cocktail is responding. Got it. Okay. So that was like a huge shock to me. I'm yeah. actually very grateful. That's not everyone's journey. Some sure. people start with the mastectomy and then do um, chemo. I'm very grateful because I felt like it gave me a little bit more time to like wrap my head around what was going on. If you yeah. just immediately go into surgery and like lose your breast, like right, that's yeah. like go from zero to a hundred. I yeah. think that would have been a really different experience and journey. Um, so I, before starting chemotherapy, I actually did fertility treatment. Oh, um, okay. And so that was basically it's offered so at like a discounted rate. Eggs, you right? harvest your eggs. Yeah. Um, we had the option to harvest eggs or embryos. Oh, um, okay. we, we opted for eggs just for a variety of reasons. That was the, the choice we made. Um, that was also nice because it gave me like two weeks to slow down. I didn't start chemotherapy. You, you know, obviously chemotherapy is like putting poison in your body. So they're yeah. not going to do that while they're also trying to do fertility treatment. So that allowed like my whole journey to kind of slow down. I was able to like take a break, wrap my head around everything that was going on. And then also mm-hmm. feel like I was making this decision for our future. Uh-huh. Um, sure, sure. That, that yeah. was giving us kind of that insurance policy because kids are very important to us. We, mm-hmm. um, you know, had to have some hard conversations about what a family looked like to us. Like if we didn't do this, would we want to adopt or, you yeah. know, and those were some conversations that like you sometimes just, you don't even have because right. life doesn't. Yeah. So we had to kind of get on the same page about that and had decided that fertility was, um, like an, an absolute must for us. Probably so also like really put your communication as a couple. Oh my gosh. Like different levels that maybe you wouldn't have got to got had to. you not oh, it's incredible. had to have these discussions. It's incredible. And I think you, yeah, just bring up a good point too. I think you very quickly see if, I mean, and no matter what stage of how long you've been with a partner, when you get a diagnosis like this, you very quickly realize if you like found the right person or not, Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a hard diagnosis on your partner as Mm -hmm. well. And being the age that we were, we have tons of friends having kids and getting married and doing all the things you're doing in your early thirties. And then to get hit with this, it's like, are you ready to go down this journey with me? Like, Mm -hmm. is this something that you're like prepared for? And like, my husband has been so incredible and just been by my side the whole time but like being able to have that open communication and hard conversations and also know that like he's truly saying what he feels rather Mm -hmm. than like what he thinks I want to hear like I want to hear what you actually feel about this because this is your life too at the end of the day and it's not just my my decisions here um so um the fact that it was really great the fertility um clinic that we went through they they do work with cancer patients so mm-hmm. i was very blessed of course to be able to get in immediately because oh, we time was of the essence mm-hmm. um they offer like a very discounted rate to cancer yeah. patients yeah. we actually had um we had some family friends that offered to pay for our treatment Aww. that which was very incredible and just so kind nice. of one of those moments that you're like oh the the community that we've built around us is just yeah. so incredible and choosing to show up for us. It was um, 
a family I nannied for, actually. Oh, and yeah, I remember you talking yeah, about that. Yeah, they were incredible, oh, and it was something that they just didn't want us to have to worry about mm-hmm. as a start to the journey, and was just such an amazing gift to, like, take that off of the plate of concerns of, yeah. like, financially what this year was going to look like for us to have to start with such a huge investment. It was incredible. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so I was able to start with that. Um, I literally finished... My, my, I went in for surgery to retrieve my eggs on Valentine's Day. Um, now watch, you're going to end up having a Valentine's baby, baby, right? Yeah, it's crazy. They like gathered, <laughs> yes, they gathered 14 eggs on Valentine's Day yeah. that are now on ice. Um, and then a couple days later, I had my port um, placed. Uh-huh. And so that was on, I think... My birthday was the 16th, and then the 17th, I went in for surgery to replace my port, and then February 22nd, which was 2222, oh. was my first chemo okay. treatment. So it's just like, well, I'm a big numbers person, so I like, like, it was that feels chills. good, like, chills. energetically. Like, Absolutely. Sometimes some of my friends are like, I'm sorry, what are you talking about with yep. all these numbers? Nope. And, and we've all, like, I know no. we've always been on the same page <laughs> yeah. with stuff like, like that. No, no. It was total signs <laughs> for me, and yeah. um, I didn't even, I didn't even really put it together it was just such a whirlwind that there's some moments that you're just like, yeah. you're not even thinking fully, but I didn't even put it, the date together of the first chemo until I was like there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just got chills. It was like pouring rain in San Diego. This huge rainbow came out of my oh. window that I was sitting, getting my treatment. Um, and it was just, it was pretty, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was oh. so emotional, but in like, yeah. a, I don't know, it was almost like, uh, it, it was a hard day, but there was like more hope than sadness mm-hmm. and just feeling like things were lining up the, the best way that they possibly could. So that was pretty incredible. That's good. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so that was February of last year. So yes. we're literally like three Only... and a half weeks away from February 22nd. Yes. And yes. the reason I'm so knowing it's exactly three and a half weeks is because my birthday is the 23rd. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. So I'm We're like, Aquarius. No, I'm a Pisces. Or you're, oh no, you yeah, are. I'm you just are. past you're Pisces. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So obviously like February is like a, a, one of my favorite months. Yes. The best. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh wow. That's, it is. It's crazy. And it's crazy because this last less than a year has like flown by, but it's also, there's been a lot jam-packed into it oh I bet but yeah. it's like sometimes it's crazy it's like wow it actually hasn't even been a year since mm-hmm. then like there has been so many phases of, of treatment that have like been jam-packed into that it's it's incredible it's crazy so then so they started the chemo to see if the tumor was react or responsive yep. to what yep. they were giving you and was it it was oh good so um the the chemo um my my treatment was 16? Yep, 16 rounds of chemotherapy. So and I how got, often is that? So I, I started with AC, which is a pretty, that's like a, I, I'm not even going to try and say the names of the okay. chemotherapy, yeah, yeah. but AC um, is, it's a chemo cocktail that is given for all different types of cancer. It's a okay. pretty aggressive two to be getting at the same time. One of those two is called like the Red Devil, which like oh, a lot of people, I've heard about that. a lot of people have like a lot of really bad side effects with. Um, so that one you get once every two weeks. Okay. So you go in for your chemo day. It's like five or six hours that oh, you're really? there. Like you go, you get checked in, they access your port. Um, they take your blood, this and that. You go back out, you check, you meet with your oncologist, then you go back and you get seated. They access your port. You're attached to this whole huge thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was getting, I was getting AC 
Um, so that's two different bags of drugs. Okay. You know, the, the nurses come out in like a hazmat suit and you're like, oh, wow. you guys are in a hazmat suit to like attach me to this. And this is going like, into my, in body. my body, like yeah. very bizarre. Yeah. Just experience. That that, I mean, the nurses are incredible. But is I, it literally, are they in all of that protective gear because they don't even want to get like a drop of, a it, drop on of their it on skin? their skin. And that's mainly wow. because they're dealing with so many bags a day. If they got one drop from every uh, bag, it yeah, could really start true. to affect their health. And yeah. so, you know, it, it makes sense. They're not in them the whole time. It's just when they come and bring the bag, attach mm-hmm. it. And then once it's all hooked up and everything's good to go, then they're just in their, you know, normal, normal smocks. And oh yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So, um, but wow. that was crazy. So that's once every two weeks because of just how aggressive those drugs are. A lot of people deal with a lot more side effects. So you get like a week off between and then mm-hmm. you go back in. So the, you know, I did four rounds of that. So that counts for two months because oh, you're doing okay. like, you know, two uh-huh. week little cycles. Um, so, um, we did that. I was also getting an immunotherapy drug at that time called Keytruda, which is, um, only approved by the FDA in like the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. that one is because of my triple negative breast cancer diagnosis. It's apparently it like helps kind of, um, teach, I, I don't know, rebuild your cells and teach your cells how to, how to learn from like healthy cells to mm-hmm. unhealthy cells. I'm not really like super understanding of it, but it's had a lot of really great results with triple negative breast cancer. Oh, so I was good. able to get on that bandwagon. I got my first, bill for chemotherapy which you know health my health insurance is covering mainly but they still send them to you so you see what everything costs and that drug alone that teeny bag of this immunotherapy drug that just got approved a couple years ago was ninety seven thousand dollars and i've gotten it like 18 times ninety seven thousand dollars each time each time whoa i'm sure that's you know what they're like trying to charge insurance i don't know if that's what the payout ends up being but like you just start seeing the numbers that go into treatment. And I'm like the, I mean, that's just one bag of one treatment. You know, it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's shocking. I mean, and then you (laughs) literally sit there and wonder like, what is the actual cost Cost. if they were to not profit off of it, which is a whole other conversation that I will not Not even embark on. No, absolutely. Like that's, what's crazy is like, so crazy. What is actually the cost? Cost. No, so true. And just, and it starts making you think like, you know, the, lack of access for some people. For totally. Like, that's what I was just grateful say. that like, I even had the ability. Had the insurance that wouldn't pay for that or something Then you're just like not getting that drug and you're hoping yeah. that it won't be the difference in, in you life know, or death. Kind of, yes. Or, or recurrence or yeah. So insane. Wow. Um, so shifted after the AC, I started getting Taxol Carboplatin and that was every week for, for, um, 12 treatments. That was another three months. Oh my gosh. And that was a shorter, those chemo appointments were shorter a mm-hmm. bit. Um, didn't take quite as long while I was there, but still, I mean, a pretty good chunk of the day. I didn't mm-hmm. really plan anything else yeah. on these days. Did you, um, like, was it the way you felt after each treatment? Was it the same every time? Like, um, you, could you start a kind of plan for it and be like, oh, well, like, maybe I could go to dinner tonight? Yeah. Or were you more like, no, I'm going to do nothing because I want to go home and go to bed? Totally. The first, the, the, the first four treatments that were the heavier drugs, I was pretty tired. Fatigue was like the bigger thing. And mm-hmm. so the week that I would get um, the treatment, I wouldn't plan a whole lot. And then yeah. the off week, I'd be able to have enough energy to do some more stuff. I was able to like walk my dog all through chemo, like every day. I know that's that that's good. not the case for everyone. There's mm-hmm. some people that, you know, are like pretty bedridden or nauseous or vomiting or whatever. I, I really 
feel very blessed in that like and I don't know if it's also sometimes because I mentally just would get up and get out and be like I'm not gonna be feeling sick um yeah. but I I do feel like I just I really did luck out with a lot of the side effects and I wasn't mm-hmm. nauseous it didn't really affect my eating habits um I was on like a nausea medicine that I took religiously I have mm-hmm. a, an uncle who's um you know he's a pharmacist up here oh, okay. actually in the in northern California and okay. he you know has given me so much advice and guidance through this whole thing but one of one of the first things he said as far as the nausea medicine he goes you know once you're feeling nauseous it's too late to be taking it oh. so just take it for those first few you gotta days take it to like to avoid, avoid it, it. Okay, yes so okay. I was really grateful for that because I might have had to learn the hard way with that one oh, um yeah. otherwise um but no I yeah I, I feel like through chemo I, that was I kind of with every phase of treatment I tried to do some research see what the potential outcomes were going to be but mm-hmm. I also didn't dive too deep into that because I'm like every person is different and if yeah. you read too much and you kind of like psych yourself up mentally mm-hmm. then that could like that could affect that your could affect. outcome yeah, yeah totally. so it's like I want to know what to prepare for with once again that type a personality but I'm yeah. also going to kind of just see how I respond and mm-hmm. maybe it'll be completely different um mm-hmm. maybe it won't but at least I'm kind of just allowing my body to kind of take the lead and, and see yeah. how I'm feeling well um, I mean and that's so true because like you know, everybody is so different. We're all going to react differently to anything, even food, even supplements, even, you know, exercise, like all the things. Yeah. So it's like, you can just freak yourself out so bad if you do too much research. Cause then, you know, if like maybe the majority of people will have a horrible experience, but like maybe you're going to be in the minority that doesn't have the horrible Mm -hmm. experience. So it's It's like, okay, I know that this is a potential, but like, let's see what my, my reaction is. Exactly. No, it was so, it's so important in all different phases of your life yeah. to be taking that into consideration. I'm like, yeah, do your homework, but also realize that, yeah, someone else's reality isn't necessarily going to be your own for mm-hmm. sure. So I was really grateful. Um, I did, I mean, I lost all my hair. This is a wig. <laughs> yeah. um, it's slowly growing back. That was, that was huge. That was oh, a pretty I big bet. thing. I mean, there was, there definitely are some options now. There's like cold capping. I've heard of that. Um, I am very, very sensitive to cold okay. and I did join I'm not a big like support group person, but mm-hmm. I have during certain phases kind of joined one and, and in all honesty, just kind of like read things from afar. I don't yeah. really like participate a ton, but there's a, the, so much, so many different, you know, support groups and things out mm-hmm. there that can really provide a lot of support for people that maybe don't have it in their own lives and things. Yeah. But I joined one about cold capping and pretty quickly realized it was going to make the whole chemo experience a lot harder because oh. of like the of way that you have you to wear it. Yeah. And how cold oh, you get it yeah. turns into headaches and the oh. women are just miserable. And I'm like, I don't want to wear that for five or six hours and just mm-hmm. be miserable. Um, I, and I totally understand why some women do it. I mean, hair is a huge part of our identity and Absolutely. it's a huge, I mean, to, not have a choice in deciding that just all of it is all of a sudden going to be gone. I told, I, I'm so, I think it's great that that's an option out mm-hmm. there for some. Oh, for sure. Incredible. I mean, I mean, think back to like, you know, when you were a kid and you yeah. just like decided to cut all your hair off or do something and then you're like, Oh my God, what did I what just did do? I do? Yeah. Yeah. That, like the, the length of time that it's going to take for that mm-hmm. to like come back is like, yeah, big mistake. <laughs> so, well, I guess as it grows back, like now you, you it's almost like you can just, see like yes. hey could it's I like, rock that like fake faith remember when Faith Hill cut her hair really short totally and she totally. just rocked it and it looked yes. so good oh my I gosh had, 
plenty of times where I've wondered, could I ever do that? Could I pull would that I, off? Could I pull that off? Yes, and, but then you but, figure out like how long it would take to grow back yeah. if like it, you're not a fan. Yeah, right? yeah no, you do totally. it, you absolutely hate it, and then you're like, well, I've got a totally. few years ahead of me until I'm back to, to long yeah, hair. Yeah, figure out some transition hairstyles. Oh, yeah. for sure. I yeah. um, No, it was... I mean, I think at a certain point, once you realize, like, it's going to happen either way, there's kind mm-hmm. of just a freeing um, realization to just kind of, like, accept it yeah. and embrace it. Um, you have eyelashes I, and eyebrows. I do. I lost them all. Oh, really? I did lose so them all, so they're back. back. Okay. They're back. Okay. I, I, so I finished chemo, like, end of July. Oh, okay. Um, so it didn't take until the second um, the second chemo meds that I was getting to start losing the eyebrows and eyelashes. And those oh, were okay. actually harder to lose than my hair because... Uh-huh. It's the, it's then your the face ke- looks different. And it's the chemo look. Yeah. I mean, it looks like oh. you're sick. It looks like you're sick. It's like it, yeah. those, like, just even out your face and everything, mm-hmm. too, right? Like, you mm-hmm. have these indentations where your eyebrows are. And when, like, there's no hair there, it's just a bizarre look. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, there's great. I was using um, magnetic eyelashes, which were oh, super cool yeah. and easy to use. And then I did... Um, you can actually get, I mean, there's all different types of options for your eyebrows. I was trying to draw them in. That wasn't really working look-wise for me. I mm-hmm. ended up finding these, like, literally, like, temporary tattoos on Amazon that oh I saw gosh. on a support group. Uh-huh. They were the most realistic thing. People were freaking out. They couldn't even notice. Really? So those were great. You could, like, leave them on for probably, like, four days, and they'd kind of start to uh-huh. not look as great, especially I was in, like, the dead of summer. So sometimes yeah. it would be less how sweaty I would get. Then you just take them off with makeup remover and put new ones on. And oh it was, gosh. that was nice. That yeah. was like, it just gosh, gave some great. They swear there's something for everything. I everything. Feel like. And once again, like you said, it's like 20 years ago, these things were not there. Mm-hmm. They weren't available to just put in your cart on Amazon and have the next day yeah. to try out right. for $10. Right. And there's like no loss if it didn't work out. So that was, that was really great. And then the, I mean, wigs too, you can literally get these cheap wigs on Amazon Mm -hmm. that like just, and it's like, I do, I mean, at home and stuff, I'm never wearing it, but it's, think when you're going through this and it is so a part of your everyday, sometimes you want to just be able to look like your old self and not get like the looks and people Mm -hmm. asking and they all, everyone means well, but Mm -hmm. it's still just like, takes you right back to what the reality is. And sometimes you just want to feel and look normal. Yeah. Well, especially if you're physically feeling good. Yes. And it's like you're mentally in a great space that day, then it's like, yes. let's go out and like enjoy ourselves and go to the beach or go for a long walk totally. or whatever. And, and you don't want people being like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Or, or running into someone who you like haven't told yet oh, gosh, and just things yeah. like that. So it definitely has really, really helped with, with that for sure. I like, I'm... I've been, like, a total open book through this whole journey, but I also have not, like, I haven't, like, I haven't posted anything on my social media. I'm yeah. really, like, I've kind of been a bit private about it just because I knew this year was going to be so intense and heavy in and of itself. I just sure. wasn't sure that I wanted to, like, open it up to the world because mm-hmm. then you very quickly have people who, you know, it, it comes from a good place, but it's, like, people that you're not necessarily already in regular contact with that then sure. feel like they need to be reaching out and checking on you, and that becomes, like, a full job in and of itself yeah right because then like you want to know like are you okay what is it what like all of the things all the things and then so it's like it's this obligation once you decide to share it that Mm -hmm. then you're almost obligated to figure out a way to keep people updated because Mm -hmm. if you go like radio silent and they're like did she die like what happened right so it's like um so we just we very early on decided we're gonna have our main community of people that we already are talking to regularly and we see regularly we're gonna share with them i am i've told everyone like if someone 
meet someone or know someone that gets diagnosed, send them my number. I'm more than happy to talk someone through. I am a total open book, but I'm not just going to like fully put it all out there. And there are some people that do, and they use their platforms to bring so much awareness and it's really therapeutic to share their journey. That's awesome too. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't the path I wanted to go. No, I, I mean, it's totally okay because I also think too, in like this social media world that we're in, like people just want to share. Yes. And then... But when you do, like, there's this girl that I follow, and she's pregnant right now. Okay. And she find, and she has a fairly large following. She's married to, like, a country music singer. And she finally said one day, she was like, I would really appreciate it. She's like, I know that everybody who's reaching out to me to, like, talk about their pregnancy experience is reaching out, like, out of, like, love, love. and care and all these things. She's like, but... I really can't hear any more stories of oh somebody gosh. who was where I currently am in my pregnancy and then you had a miscarriage or something bad happened. Yes. She's like, I'm so sorry that you guys went through, through that. that and thank you for like feeling comfortable enough to share with me. She's like, but I literally can't, I can't take on we, any more of these absolutely. stories. We have our limits. Yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh. And like you said, it's like, like most of the time it's coming from a good place, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that someone who just needs to live their own journey needs all of this different feedback and yeah. opinions yeah. and like checking in. It's just, it's not healthy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it is tough too when, you know, like, especially, you know, if you're maybe like more holistic in your approach to yep. things, or if you've had a family member go through something similar and it's like, you want to like share if you see something and you're like, Oh no, like don't do that or whatever. But it's also like, Oh my gosh. Like yes. what? Like everyone needs to yes. have their own the un- unsolicited advice. advice. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like it's always coming from a good place. Sometimes it's coming from a little bit of a judgmental. Most of the time it's coming from a good place, but mm-hmm. I did learn how to kind of create boundaries and just say, Hey, like I understand, but can you please ask me if I'm looking for other routes or ideas? Right. Because I do have like a full team of people that actually went to medical school right, right. on my side who aren't just Googling or like watch someone's story that it worked for them. And yeah. like, that's might not be the answer for me. Um, I know. You know, one of the things that I've tried to start doing lately, just with like friends, like my ex-husband and I, we got into a little bit of an argument the other the other day because he called me and he was telling me about something and I was like, I literally don't care. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yes. And so we ended up hanging up and he was like, text me. He's like, I don't think you realize how rude you come across, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, have you ever stopped to consider that like, maybe I just woke up and I'm not ready to hear a story about whatever it was that you experienced yesterday. Yes. And then we ended up talking later that day and I was like, look, I'm like, I wasn't trying to be rude. I was like, but sometimes like, you know, we all have things going on. So then I was like, God, I need to like practice what I preach. So I called one of my girlfriends the other morning and it was like early ish. And I think it was like last Sunday and I was like, wait, I'm like, are you, are you in a position to talk right now? Or do you want me to call you later? Yes. (laughs) And it was funny. And she's like, no, I'm totally fine. I haven't talked to anybody yet. Oh my gosh. Like, okay. I love it. That's so important. It is funny because sometimes, you know, people, we call our friends and we're just like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I didn't even ask like, how's your day? Like, are you mentally like, do you have the mental Available. bandwidth to listen to me just so go off about true. something right now? No, that's so true. That's something I've learned this year, too, because there's support people. Um, and just because I'm going through what I'm going through doesn't mean everyone else in my life, they're going through their own struggles and they yeah. have their own things going on. My journey is no more important than theirs. And there's definitely an important um, need to. And I've I've requested it from people as well. Like a lot of people at the start were like checking in so regularly and. 
I, once again, I know it's coming from a good place, but like when I'm just trying to live my day and there's like a, how, how are you feeling or whatever? It just does send me right back into like yeah. what I'm going what through. Going and through. so just finding those, you know, times to be like, well, could you just like ask about something else? And then if I bring it up, then yeah. you know that I'm like open and, and willing to talk about it. And it's so, you know, like timing, mm-hmm. timing is so oh. important and With it's literally everything. And it, just because you have something on your mind that you need to unload doesn't mean it's the right time for someone else. For totally. sure. For sure. So did you not end up having the surgery then until July or later? Yeah, I actually, so I finished um, chemotherapy end of July and then they, um, they want to take you to take a break and let your body kind of like relax and bounce back. And then Mm -hmm. that also gives time to, I got like another MRI to see how much the tumor had shrunk. How much did it shrink? Um, I mean, could you, it was, could you see it shrinking? I could see it shrinking literally within the first couple treatments. It had shrunk so much that like I could still feel it, but it wasn't like protruding from my skin anymore. It was crazy and I mean even my oncologist was like this is best case scenario like this is what we're hoping for so by the end it had gotten to the point where we couldn't feel it anymore we weren't sure if it was completely gone but we couldn't physically feel it anymore so to go from like wild wild. and then honestly like like I said being so grateful that the the journey ended up the way that it had it was I mean gave me a lot of hope to like be going to these and going through kind of the the, the harder parts of chemo, but being like, it's working. Like this yeah. is all for something rather than like yeah. not having it there anymore to track and being like, this is so hard. Like, what's the point of this type mm-hmm. thing? So I took a break. Um, I'm trying to remember, I had to reschedule my surgery. I'm trying to remember why we ended up having to push it. I can't, I can't even, it's crazy that it's like all in this last year, but there's been so many things. I can't remember the exact details. My surgery yeah. ended up being September 1st. Okay. So I got a stretch. Uh-huh. Um, of a break. I, that was probably that break between chemo and surgery was my hardest stretch of the really? year, which was really surprising. I was really, I was nervous about surgery. I oh. knew it was a pretty major surgery. I had never had a major surgery in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too, to be completely honest, because my body had gone back to what it was before I had found the lump, I was really oh. emotional about having to do it still mm-hmm. and kind of like lose a piece of myself that was so never going to be the did same. So did they remove the whole breast? They removed the whole breast. Oh, wow. I now have an expander in because I'm going to be doing reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so with that stage 3B diagnosis, I had um, one lymph node that had come oh. back as cancer positive. So that Got made it. it from like the stage 3 was because of the size of my tumor. It would have been three, just stage 3 um, if I hadn't had any lymph nodes involved. Oh, got and it. And it was okay. stage 3B because I had a lymph node involved. So okay. at the same time of surgery, they had to... Um, they basically, they have this whole method that they do where they put dye into your body and they see, or into the, the lymph node that mm-hmm. came back as cancerous. And mm-hmm. then they see which closest ones um, that lymph node is connected to. And they remove those specific ones Got and then they test them for cancer. And oh, if there's okay. if there is cancer in any of those, they go in and they remove more. They remove until like they are oh, finding cancer. Interesting. Um, so... I had chosen to get the full mastectomy. Um, that's once again, a kind of a personal choice. I mm-hmm. could have gotten a lumpectomy for me. I wanted to remove all the breast tissue because my tumor had been so large. Yeah. I just felt a little bit nervous about leaving any breast tissue back. Sure, sure. Um, I did only do a single, mm-hmm. which a lot of women do double, do both breasts. Yeah, yeah. My choice to do that was, um, I mean, a lot of different reasons, but I basically found out because I didn't have a gene mutation like the BRCA one where they will Mm -hmm. really highly suggest that you get both removed because there's a high chance that you'll get breast cancer again. Mm -hmm. I found out that 
Um, like if I, if I were to get breast cancer, it's a low enough percentage that I felt comfortable with keeping it. Mm -hmm. It would be a whole new breast cancer. It wouldn't be this one coming oh, back and spreading. Got it. Okay. Um, and then the other part of that decision is potentially having kids and maybe wanting to have the option of breastfeed oh, yeah. and not, I mean, that wasn't, that, that wasn't a decision. I wasn't going to make that decision just for that, but it mm -hmm. was a component of it. And it still is an option later on if I decide the screening and everything brings up too much anxiety or mm -hmm. there's too much that I could go and get the other side yeah. done and it would be covered by insurance. Um, oh, so yeah, so I got the, the full mastectomy. They put in what's called an expander because I had to move forward with radiation because of the lymph node oh, situation. Okay. So normal, like some women, if you just have breast cancer, you can do chemo, you go into surgery, they might just put the breast implant in right away. Oh, I didn't okay. have that option because I was going moving on to radiation Got it. and they okay. need to basically they put an expander in and then your plastic surgeon fills the expander um, up to the size of what implant you're going to want to have mm -hmm. and then that just stays in there until radiation is done and then you have to wait a certain length of time that kind of just okay. keeps the, the place um, and that's I mean once again for a variety of reasons but the Ex tissue expander is actually sewn to my chest wall, so it doesn't oh. move oh, like an, yeah, like a, an implant would. And uh -huh. when you're going through radiation, your skin goes through so much; it's too much weight with just an implant oh. to go through that uh -huh. and try and keep it healthy. There's like more, more potentials of infection and different things. So they put the something in that's sewn to the chest wall that isn't really like putting that much weight on your skin. Got it. Okay. Um, so. God, so many, so many things levels that, of yeah, things crazy. to have to think about and figure out and crazy. decisions to make. Well, and like even so with the surgery, I had two surgeons. I had a oh. general surgeon who okay. was addressing the breast cancer and yeah. does the mastectomy. And then the plastic surgeon comes in and makes the determination of like implant or expander. Oh, okay. So they, you have to like coordinate their schedules to make sure oh they could gosh. be at the same place yeah. for your surgery and, and do everything at once. Luckily, like you usually... Um, it seems that you usually choose the surgeon that's going to address the breast cancer and then they have plastic surgeons they work with and oh, then you kind of just okay. do some consultations and choose someone through that. So, um, well, yeah, nice. that all, so how long did all that, did that whole process take? Like how long were you in surgery? For? When I was in surgery, it wasn't super long. I want to say like four hours. Okay. That's not terrible. So. I know it was. My husband had thought it was going to be shorter and it ended up being longer. So he was really nervous because oh, he was gosh, waiting for a right? phone call of and course, he's like, yeah. how about her things? Right? Um, oh my gosh. And the, luckily with the lymph node removal, the first um, set that they took out, there was no cancer. So oh, they didn't have good. to go in and take Thank it in God. anymore. Yeah. So that was great. It was really interesting though because I went in for surgery and I think I had like in my head the ballpark time that I expected to be waking up in the recovery room. Oh, and it was... Uh -huh quite a bit later than uh -huh. that. and I kind of had this moment of like I'm still like all woozy from yeah. the meds and I my husband had not been allowed to come up and join me in the recovery room yet and so I kind of had this panic of like oh my god they must have had to take like tons of lymph nodes out oh. like I didn't really know what was going on yeah. and I finally was able to come up and be like no like everything was great they you know it went as good as it could have oh, um, which was great so and then I had to so you have to stay overnight after a mastectomy one oh, one night overnight okay. um we you know, with COVID, we weren't really, we weren't getting clear answers on like how much my husband was going to be able to be there, oh, but we were gosh. under the impression he was able to get a COVID test and then stay overnight with me. And then we last minute found out that he could only come see me and then he had to leave and I had to like stay there overnight alone, which Aww. was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but only one night, which, you know, then you're back home. It was a huge relief to be back home and on some 
nice heavy pain, pain yeah, in my bed, be pretty right? out of it in yeah. my own bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, I, I just, yeah, the leading up to the surgery, I was pretty nervous and I think I thought I was going to feel more relieved finishing chemo and there was just so much left with the treatment plan that mm-hmm. I just wasn't feeling that sense of relief I was hoping to feel. Oh yeah. So, but then yeah, surgery went so well. I, um, I healed really well. Like all Good. the follow-up appointments were great. So that was awesome. And then we, you know, took another break and started radiation, which was kind of, that was like the last big part of treatment. So mm-hmm. that was a stretch where I was just feeling better every day, kind of getting back into, I, I, I had to really cut back what? with like, I don't even know what radiation consists of. Like I've seen chemo like on TV yeah. and whatnot, yeah. but what is so that radiation process? is more like, I mean like laser beams where oh, they shoot sh- into you. Okay. It's like kind of the, the biggest phase where I feel like you almost feel more like a lab rat or something because uh-huh. you like go into like a big machine that almost looks like an MRI machine okay. or something. Okay. And MRIs, so I can envision yeah. that. So, and then there's kind of these, all these different um, things that are like that they wave around like parts of the machine that uh-huh. go around and they kind of angle right at your part that they want to treat with the radiation and the perfect dimensions. And the, wow. I mean, the, the, so I would go in, with, you know, chemo, it's like once every two weeks or once a week with uh-huh. radiation, you do 30 treatments every day, Monday oh, through Friday. Wow. So for six weeks, Monday through Friday, I'm showing up at the same time every day with, and I'm working with the same three techs. Oh my gosh. And so it was intense. That yeah. But the, super but the treatment, the treatment's super short. It's like oh. under 15 minutes. Oh. So you're actually in the car more. Yeah. Like yeah. Getting there. Right. right. Driving there um, and driving yeah, home. Which was crazy. I think like, I mean, I think the number of treatments you need varies. I think 30 is kind of on the high side compared to some women that I've known that I've had to go through radiation as well. Um, It kind of fell over Thanksgiving. I finished like the week after Thanksgiving. So my schedule was kind of weird because like Mm -hmm. obviously the office took time off for the holiday and everything. Um, But you, yeah, you, you lay down, you have to lift your arms up and like hold these bars. And then Mm -hmm. you, they basically, you know, the, all these, um, it's almost like x-ray looking they're kind of lining you up and I actually have like tattoo dots oh. that they would line up uh-huh. for the exact spot that they want you to be compared wow. to like where your heart is because yeah. they want your heart out of the way yeah um, and like I luckily had mine on the right side if you have breast cancer on the left side oh, when that's you go tougher because your heart's over there your heart's there so yeah. you actually have to learn you get like trained how to like hold your breath for certain lengths of time oh and it's like this gosh. whole extra part that I was like really grateful to not have to yeah. it, was, it was hard enough like I was really needing to stretch after the surgery so it was really hard to even like for 15 minutes have my arms above my head like holding uh-huh. those I'd be like really sore and kind of cramping up and stuff so but radiation in all honesty I mean that it was an, it was a little bit annoying to have to go every single day but I really I kind of enjoyed that phase the most because I got to know the office that I was going to yeah. incredible I mean everyone's been incredible but you just you get to know them and they're asking what you're doing each day. It's like feels a little mm-hmm. bit more personal. And yeah. Regular. Then you get there and they're like, how was the movie last night yes, or something? You totally. know, like, it's like you have like a group of exactly. new besties. Oh, totally. Two yeah. of them lived like super close to me. So we're like telling each other about restaurants and one of them like wants to come check out my yoga studio. So oh, you just nice. feel like not as much like a patient. Mm-hmm. Like you just get to know them almost more on like a friend level. Um, and and the treatments were short. The The main side effects with that are, like, a skin burn. Oh, so yeah. So I got, like, prescribed certain creams I had to be okay. putting on a ton. Um, and then fatigue, which 
once again, I mean, I was a little, I was tired towards the end, but they like prepare you. Like you may need someone to drive you the last oh, couple of weeks. You're uh-huh. so tired, um, which wasn't the case for me. I was, I was pretty much able to drive myself through, throughout the treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just crazy because it's like 30 treatments. It sounds like a lot, but because you're going daily, it's over so quick. Yeah, I mean, it felt yeah. so much quicker than chemo, which is six months compared to six weeks. Sure, it's like sure. you blink and it's over. So, um, yeah, that was it's it's a little weird too because like because the laser beams are just like shooting you there's not as much of like a feeling of like what progress you're making it's mm-hmm. like hard to really grasp and understand like how it's helping yeah, like, what but is it actually doing, doing yeah. yeah so it's i mean they were they had two targeted areas which is where the tumor was and then the the cancerous lymph node that had been okay. so they're kind of targeting those areas and they're mm-hmm. basically i think just like radiating the areas to help with the the recurrence chance because okay. after surgery i was deemed cancer free so okay. radiation it's just um, kind of like the, just final. the insurance policy like let's do this extra step too mm-hmm. in the um i think it i think it cut my likelihood of recurrence by like 30 percent. that's great so it's like sign me up yeah yeah so so then december and january have been pretty like you have you just been kind of living your life? Yeah, I mean, I had so I, I finished up. I, I was still getting that Im- really expensive immunotherapy drug after okay. I finished chemo. I was still going in every three weeks to get just a bag of that. So okay. it's like an hour appointment at the. You still go to the infusion center where all the chemotherapy, um, you know, patients are getting you know heavier stuff for cancer that they're currently fighting, but went for every three weeks. So that, you know, definitely mellowed out. It wasn't as intense. Um, I had my last one this past week, so I get to get my port like surgically removed this upcoming week, which is like a huge milestone. Um, but it's, that's been slowing down. I am taking a chemo pill. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is because the, I, 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 feel like we never even got to how much my tumor had shrunk. It got to oh, yeah. six millimeters. Whoa, so that's like, like this nothing. bit, like yeah. tiny, like we, we couldn't feel it. Yeah. yeah. So like very oh great gosh. response, but it wasn't what they call a pathological complete response, which is when the tumor is just gone. They okay. don't find it anymore. So okay. because there's like a trace amount of cancer left that they removed at time of surgery, there's still apparently a chance that as they're cutting it out that like a cancer cell could like jump oh. off and still be in your body and uh-huh. if that one decides to travel and sure, like find sure. somewhere else to make like, its home then you could have recurrence oh whether it's in the breast or it could be somewhere, yeah, else. somewhere else in your body sure. so um the chemo pill that i my oncologist was suggesting i consider um it basically is something that you just take orally mm-hmm. um at home and it has a lot minimal side effects and it's kind of one of those things if I do start dealing with side effects or it changes my life in any way that I'm not happy with, I can just say, nope, I'm, I'm done. Okay. So how um, long do you take that for? You take that for nine cycles, which the cycles are three weeks, so like six months. Okay. But you could do like a two-week regimen where you're taking it daily and then a week that you're off. Okay. So. Wow. <laughs> oh but it gosh. is. Life, life has really started to feel the most normal yeah, in the last, like, probably, Yeah month to two months than it has and then you'll have to have the the expander taken yes, out the reconstruction so then surgery. when does that start so that is that when you just choose when you want or you, do they kind of help you choose they help you choose they tell you kind of like when the soonest is mm-hmm. um and then you i know that there are women that like you know say they end up getting pregnant or there's some life thing oh, that you can uh-huh. just keep it in like there's mm-hmm. not like any like you have to get it out by this certain time but mm-hmm. after radiation trying to remember i think it's like 
10 months that the plastic surgeon wants your skin to really recover from radiation oh, because of how much it changes your skin. Oh, okay. Um, so they want to give like a good stretch of time to kind of let it heal mm-hmm. and get back. I mean, I, I, from what I'm understanding is skin that gets radiation treatment will never really get back to like what it was pre-radiation. Oh, they want it to heal enough. So I think, yeah, time frame for that is probably like early fall late yeah. summer okay um so, so then this is kind of like yeah you'll get the port out stretch, and then the you're just gonna just be able to go back to, go back to life. life oh my gosh it's yeah. crazy wow it's like it's it's interesting i i like feel really happy and excited about that i have heard from a lot of people too that you've really gotta um just be patient with yourself because yeah. you know you've you're forever changed by something like this so you don't want to like have this expectation to feel and do what you were doing before the diagnosis. You sure. got to be patient with yourself and figure out kind of what, what moving forward looks like and what like some people I think deal with, like you feel like you're working towards getting better for so long that mm-hmm. once there's like no doctors checking in on you, you kind of start like getting Worrying, some anxiety maybe. and yeah. dealing with some issues with that. So I think kind of the, the next stretch I've, I've been doing acupuncture and mm. kind of like a meeting with a dietitian. I've been working with like an integrative doctor. So kind of just finding out some like lifestyle changes to make yeah. that are going to set me up for a healthier oh, absolutely. future, which I felt like I was pretty healthy before. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty active. I eat well, um, yeah. do, I sleep well, but I mean, there's always room for improvement. Oh, right? totally. And there's so much to learn. I mean, even as you know, as everything goes on, right? There's like new supplements that they're testing that they find are good for X, Y, or Z or, you know, making sure that, you know, even, even like the whole, like, do you ever do like the, put your legs up the wall at night? Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Even like doing like things like like that that. and like waking, when you wake up in the morning, like scraping your tongue because of all the things Things that you're breathing and whatever, just, just sitting there all night. Like, so I've gotten into those two habits. I love it. And like the tongue thing now, it's like, I can't not like I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I got to scrape my tongue before I have my coffee. (laughs) Totally. And you're like, how did I go so many years without this little habit? That's like so beneficial. No, it's so true. Just yeah, creating new habits. And like not being like picking one or two yeah. and giving yourself some time to kind of get acclimated to those rather than thinking like every part of my life has to change now. Totally. Like you just do it little by little and see what's working for you and what isn't. Well, and sure. that's, I think that's so it, what's working for you and what isn't. Yes. Because sometimes you, there might be something like I started off this year and I was like, I want to get into meditation. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Like it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to feel bad that mm-hmm. I'm not really into it. Yes. I'm not going to feel bad that I'm like, I just don't think this is for me. Totally. And so I finally just said to myself one morning, I'm like, I, I'm i going to stop this. Because yes. I am not enjoying, enjoying it. it. I totally. don't feel like I'm feeling any different yes. than on a normal morning where I would just get up and you know, have a cup of coffee and like sit and think, which is like, and that's where I I totally agree with you. And I feel like it's interesting because there are certain things that kind of get popular and there's so many people talking about how much they're getting from this shift and then you try it and it's not working for you. But then you realize too, it's like meditation can be getting up and having your cup of coffee before starting to scroll on your phone and just sitting there and like reflecting on like what today Mm -hmm. is going to bring. It like doesn't have to be like something where you put headphones in and you're listening to some mantra. Like it just isn't like resonating with you. Um, And it's, 
so important to not get too in your head about like, well, this is working for so many people. Like mm-hmm. I need to figure out a way to work in my life. It's yeah. Like, no, just happily like move on and try something else. Totally. Sure. And I think too, like kind of like having like, like almost like, I don't, I don't know, tangible is not necessarily the right word. Yeah. But I mean, like, even sometimes, like, if I, like, feel like, oh, I ate too much at dinner or uh, whatever I ate isn't making me feel well. Like, if I put my legs up the wall, like, I do notice that I feel better before yes. I go to bed. So then I'm like, okay, like, I'm I'm feeling the results of something like that. Whereas, like, and who knows, maybe I'll give meditation a try again yeah. at some point. Yeah. And maybe that'll be the time in life where it is something that is for me. That works but for you. Totally. Right now? Even right like, now, yeah. I was like, I don't want to do five minutes. Like... I'm listening and then like my mind's like, oh yeah, I have that meeting later. And then I start like thinking about like, are my, am I prepared? Like, what are my talking yep. points? And, and that doesn't stress me out. That's more like, I like preparing yes. in that way. So totally. like, this is still good. I'm still like achieving something, something. Totally. By, then, totally. by doing that. That's so true. But I think that, you know, whatever is, you know, how, as you get, you know, this port out and then you're kind of like, okay, I'm taking these pills and... I can take them at home and then I can work and live and travel and do all these things. I think that it's, I think it's so great that you already have that mindset of like, what's working for me? What's not like giving yourself some grace when you have moments where your anxiety flares up or you just like want to just cry and be like, holy shit, that literally fucking happened to me. Like, okay. Oh my gosh. Feeling Feeling the feels and like letting yourself feel sorry for yourself totally every once in a while is so important in this mm-hmm. whole stretch because I think it's really easy. Um, yeah, just my personality too, being super independent of just being like, I've got this, yeah, you know? and like having those vulnerable moments mm-hmm. and like in just allowing yourself to feel whatever you need to feel to then, and that's like it's it's just important that that's a. Uh, something that doesn't last forever, right? Mm-hmm. You you mm-hmm. allow yourself that, and then you pick yourself up and you move on, and you totally. realize like, I can't I can't stay there. Yeah, um, no, for sure. And just having having the people in your life that you know, you know, as long as you call them and make sure that it's a time that's good for them <laughs> yeah. to like unload on to have yeah. those people to still talk to about like when you're having the harder times or like, hey, I just need you to make time for me to like let's go walk the dogs and like get my mind, you know, mm-hmm. and just we we so do have those people. I don't know how people get through stuff like this without, you know, a yeah, community or a support system yeah. around them. And that can be, you know, near and far. It's not only people that are in our immediate area. We have my, my, you know, some of my closest friends, the one I'm visiting right now has been like such a close friend from afar. And yeah. it's just, um, makes you just feel super grateful for the, the people that you surround your yourself with. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's a, it's a wake up call for everyone too. Totally. To be like, whoa. And yeah. just like, I mean, even I've had a couple friends that are like, you know, starting to do, cause like, I will say like the, the monthly self checks is like a big mm-hmm. thing. I'm trying to tell my friends if oh you need gosh. to, it doesn't have to be yeah. every day, but like know your body uh-huh. and know when something's different. And yeah. then once you do feel something different, advocate for yourself and make oh sure that gosh. doctors aren't dismissing something because you know your body the best. If something feels off, don't listen to someone who's saying like, Oh, let's check it again in a year. Like no, right. follow through and figure out why that feels different yeah. and off. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's just, I don't, it's not the funnest to have to go through this to have the wake up call for everyone. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that things have gone as well as they have. And we've had the support that we've needed to get through it. And 
it's um you know it's one of those things you go through and then you're like if I can get through this right like Like, look how tough you are totally like the next thing will be that much easier because you know that you can yeah make it through something like this for sure right I mean that is the biggest that is like such a huge thing like your your perspective on challenges is going to be so different moving forward so much because you're like wait I beat cancer I went through all of this like I I learned all this stuff I had all of these like moments along this journey that I had no idea Mm -hmm. so yeah you're like getting upset over a you know, a flat tire or a fender bender. Oh my gosh, like, ah, totally. whatever. whatever. Yeah. Totally, like, let it, yeah, roll off. No, that's, it is super, it's super good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, <gasps> I, like, thank you for sharing oh, all of that. Oh my gosh, thanks. I mean, I, mean, I was just, once I started listening to your podcast, I was like, you know, like I said, I hadn't really opened up a lot, and I was like, I just was loving it so much, and I respect you so much as a person, oh, and just how you, you were, how you were leading these conversations. I was like, I think it could be, like, the next next phase of like kind of moving on to just mm-hmm. really open up about it a little yeah. bit and I just am so appreciative that you created a space that I was able to do this. oh my gosh <laughs> well of course I mean gosh when you reached out to me and you were like hey this is what I've been going through and yeah. I want to talk about it I was like holy shit Whoa. okay yeah. I was like I would love that totally just because you know I also think too like you know it, as we go through things I think having a level of self-awareness is just yeah. important in life in general. Absolutely. But I also think that, you know, when you're going through this stuff, it's like you're you're kind of like you, we said earlier, it's like you had this plan and you're like, okay, here's the plan and I'm going to like execute on the plan and like here's my calendar and I can yep. see like the next year oh, yeah. like of everything that I'm going to go through. Yep. And then you get onto the other side of it and it's like you have these moments where you're like, oh, okay, like this is me now. Uh-huh. And I think it's really cool because, you know, because you did choose to sit and record this, like in five years, you can listen to it and totally. be like, where was I? Like, what, what was I saying? How was I feeling? What was I thinking about? Yes. And I think, you know, giving yourself some time, especially over the next couple of months to just kind of almost like enjoy yeah. that you made it through all of that totally. and just... It, I mean, this is absolutely not a one-for-one relatable, but... Like I did last year was challenging for me in a number of ways. And then I did that 75 hard challenge, which was as I was going through it, I was like, this isn't that hard. Okay. It was more just like every day I had a checklist and I was Uh like, I got to just check everything off the list before midnight. Uh And some days, some of the things were annoying because Uh I was like, I don't want to read tonight or I, it's nine o'clock and I still have 32 ounces of water to drink and I'd prefer not. Not to. I'd rather totally. just turn the light off and go to bed. Yeah. But I still just did it because I was like, this is my checklist for the day. Yep. Um, and then when I finish and then the clock turned over to December, it was almost like I had this moment where I was like, I just need to sit and be like, I did all of these things this year, yes. whether it was that challenge, I was kind of like to cap it all off, but like emotionally, mentally, physically, yes. like, and I just was like, I don't want to give anything I just want to sit here and be like cool yeah like I'm gonna enjoy this time totally until I'm ready to go and like really put in effort to yes. a bunch of other things yep and so like I said it is not a one-for-one no relation, but, I, but I think that you totally deserve agree. that time yes and to, to just be like sit and reflect I just did and that totally and not have such a high expectation for yourself to move on to the yes. next thing because if you do yeah if you get into that cycle 
you're not allowing yourself the time to like see what you've overcome and exactly. what, and also I mean yeah what thing what shifts were really working for you and mm-hmm. what things maybe weren't and what things you could still change it's so true no it's so true and I think it was like you were saying earlier just with the the new year coming and like having all the I think it was kind of a bizarre time to be finishing up because I started making all these lists of like this is what I'm gonna do and then I have taken a huge step back and being like I need to just be mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> for a little bit and yeah. just kind of like take things day by day and not hold myself to you know oh well I lost this whole last year because I was so focused on this. Now I need to like make up for last time and get all these things accomplished that I thought I was going to have this past year to do. It's just, um, yeah, just be and reflect and enjoy each, you know, day and when what's coming, um, Mm -hmm. for sure. It's, it's so important. Yeah. So, so important. Oh, well, I'm so happy for you. Oh, and thank you. I'm glad that you so, look great. Thank you. And yeah. And I'm glad you're feeling well. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what the next year has in store for you oh as gosh. you can kind of open up your calendar yes. to life. Oh, totally. Again. I think I'll be up this way more. So this will be kind of the start of us kind of reconnecting, yeah. which is awesome. I've been so happy to meet Norm, who I've seen <laughs> on Instagram so much. He's the cutest little side Yeah. He's a piece <laughs> of work. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Yes, and thank course. you everybody for listening yes. and tuning in and, um, more to come on YouTube. So sounds good. Another phase of this journey. I love it. So (laughs) fun. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh my gosh.